Man, we're talking about spiritual blindness today. What? What a kind of crazy subject is this? But, you know, if you ever read a, read, a, read a verse and like, what in the world does that mean? Well, you know, or read a whole chapter like, what in the world does that mean? You know, you could be spiritually blind about it. And, uh, but God wants to reveal his word to you. And God wants you to seek, seek it out like a treasure. And he wants the word of God to be open to you. He doesn't want anything hid from you. And so we're going to look at the Word of God and try to open it up. Next week, we'll talk about spiritual sight because there is a prayer in the Bible that God wants to open your eyes. Maybe you've never even seen it. And so uh, we're going to dig into that. But I want to talk uh, about the Word of God just for a second. Uh, I've been, really been on fire this year about the Word of God. We, we did a series on it. You need to be in the Word of God. Uh, why the Word and uh, it's not in your notes, but you might want to write it down in Proverbs uh, 4.20. But before we do that, it says, I want to read Proverbs 4. Just listen to this real quick. Proverbs 4.1 says, give attention to no understanding. Verse 5, get wisdom, get understanding. Verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Trying to say something there, isn't he? Get wisdom, get understanding. Well, understanding is wisdom. It's all together. And you need to understand the Word of God. And when you don't, you need to just kind of meditate on it. Well, I don't get that, Lord. He, he, he's, God's not going to beat you up because you don't. Well, you stupid. Let me tell you all something. There's no such thing as a stupid question. And if you have a stupid question, you need to ask it because there's 20, if there's 30 people in the room, 19 of them don't know it either. They're just too scared to ask it. I used to ask stupid questions all the time in my pastor's Bible study. And he looked at me like, you know that, but I'm asking for everybody in the room. And he caught on. I'm trying to help people. And he wanted to help people, but I'm like, they don't know what that means. I said, can you explain that to us a little bit? I don't get that. And everybody's sitting there like, I don't either. So, you know, come on. It, it doesn't hurt to ask God. It doesn't hurt to ask somebody. Uh, and so let's read uh, Proverbs 4.20. says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. So where do you put the word? Right in the midst of your heart, your spirit, not this. That's the blood pumper. I'm t it's talking about your spirit. And it says, For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. The word of God will change you. The Word of God will affect your body. The Word of God will affect your mind. Isn't that wild? It wasn't written there. You, I don't know about that. Well, okay, it's what we're talking about this. In verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So we've got to look to the Word of God. And we're going to ask God to open our eyes to His Word to give us understanding. Okay? Nod your head if you can't say amen. So the Bible's a library of 66 different books, 46 authors. 1,500 years it took to write the Bible. Three continents, three languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. And it's the inspired word of God. And you know, the only thing I have an issue with, the 46 authors were inspired by the Holy Spirit. They didn't come up. Sure, their personality's in there, but the Holy Spirit led them to write the Bible. Guess what? The Holy Spirit wants to lead you to understand the Bible and you to walk in things. And anything that the Holy Spirit will show you, it's already in the Bible. 
well, it's an old book. It's old, antiquated. No, no. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything that they faced in the Bible is what we face today. And all the wars they fought in the Old Testament is what we fight spiritually. We're in a spiritual battle. You better put your boots on. You better get your shield up. You need to sharpen your sword. And you need to get ready to fight the devil because he's coming after you. He wants your kids too. And, you know, that's one thing that just kind of tightened me up in life. I had a child. I'm like, okay, I, I, I got to protect this girl. Well, sure, you want to protect physically, but you got to protect your children spiritually. Learn how to protect your children spiritually. It's just as important as physically. And as the day goes by, it's getting crazier and crazier. You got to protect them physically too. So, so in, in the Bible, there's poetry, there's metaphors, there's similes, there's like unto, like Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a seed. The kingdom of heaven is like this. And he's trying to explain. Jesus is trying to open up our heart to the word and show us how to understand the word. And that's really what this is about. It's you to recognize you don't understand everything and that you need to understand. You need to pursue. Pursue the word of God. Um, there's a friend of mine, they were out witnessing, and they were, and a guy came up and said, what are y'all doing? I said, well, we're witnessing. He goes, well, you're wasting your time. He goes, not everybody's supposed to be saved. He goes, what? He goes, and he, and he quoted him, 1 Timothy said that God wants all men to be saved. And he goes, no, he doesn't. He goes, what? He goes, well, what about John 3, 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The guy said, that's not in my Bible. He's like. You, by no sense of talking to somebody, when you give them a scripture and it's not in the Bible, they say it's not in the Bible, come on. Uh, people get so, you know, there's some systematic theology in different denominations that hold people back or, and they think certain ways that bends them and they can't receive even the word of God. And so we don't want to be that way. We want, to be to, we want to hear what the Word of God says, and if it's hard or confusing, then we want to get clarification. You're not going to read this Word and be condemned. That's the devil. The devil's going to read it with you. He knows it. Do you remember in the, in the, in the Garden of Eden, he spoke half-truths? Half-truth. Uh-huh. And that's what the devil will use the Word of God against you to beat you up. And some preachers too. Okay, we'll move forward. We ain't gonna talk. They will. So let's say this: the Bible says there's no private interpretation. You don't have something that that nobody else can receive. And uh, and and the other thing is too: God will reveal things to you. You just got to be ready and be open. So today, Father, we thank you that you reveal to us through your Word who we should be, what we should be, and what we have, and help us to understand the Word of God in Jesus' name. Our foundation scripture is John 6, 63. Jesus said, it's the Spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. So Jesus said, the words that I speak are spirit and life. That's why we need the Word of God. We need Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you don't know where to start reading, start with the book of John. It shows you the love of God. It shows you the life of, of God that God has for you. And, and John wrote it when he was in his 80s. Do you know that? And he actually wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John first. And then the Holy Spirit stirred on him and said, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John's pretty good, but there's some things that I want you to write about. 
because he was real close to Jesus, and he wrote about the love of God. Somebody said that John came into church in his 80s, and they said, let him speak. And he got up and said, God loves you. Jesus loves you. And then he stepped down and took, went and sat down. Long sermon, wasn't it? Anyway, let's go to number one. Spiritual blindness steals our understanding. Hmm, did you know that you could be spiritual blind to certain things? We all are. We all can be. And it's nothing to be beat up about. We just need to get our eyes open. We need to pursue the things of God. And so uh, I'm going to show you in scriptures where the Israelites were spiritually blind. And, and guess what? Uh, we can be spiritually blind as well. And, and so what we need to do is when we read the Bible, we need to ask God for the meaning behind the verse. There's cultural meaning. Uh, there's metaphors. There's that, that he may say something here. Uh, uh, like the, uh, the Word of God's a seed that you planted in the ground, and it's helped us get understanding. Ask God for understanding. And guess what? The Word of God backs itself up. And it says, let, every, uh, let everything be established by two or more witnesses. All right? You're reading the Bible where Judas hanged himself, but that doesn't mean you're supposed to do it. You'll find out that God tells the truth even though he calls David David, a man after his own heart, he, proved, he shows that David committed murder and adultery. What? But David repented, and he still called him a man after his own heart. And Jesus is called the son of David. God forgave him and cleansed him. And, you know, y'all sitting there beating yourself up because you stole a pencil in the second grade. Come on. You got to let God wash you and cleanse you and, clean, you know, clean you up. And he will on the inside. Here's the thing, too. People want to use the Bible to clean you up on the outside first. Doesn't work. I was watching a documentary on this pastor, and he had his daddy was a pastor, and his grandpa was a pastor, and they was old time going to beat the hell out of you with their words. And it was so hard that his brother didn't become a pastor. His brother became an alcoholic because he couldn't live the way they preached. But guess what? They couldn't live it either. His sister gave up Christianity and went to Eastern religion, Buddha, because she was tired of getting beat up with the Word. But there's grace and mercy in the Word. And once you get that grace and mercy in your heart, then it changes your life, and you don't have to be beat up. God starts having things drop off you. God starts changing you from the inside out. It's not by what you look like. That's why we can't judge people what they look like. It's what's in their heart. Jesus said, man looks at the outside, I look at the inside. So let's let the inside, let's let our inside be changed by the Word of God today, okay? So, so as we look at it, there's always a meaning behind the verse, there's always interpretations. But let me just show you something real quick. I'm going to read pretty quick. In Isaiah 42, 18 through 20, it says, Hear you deaf, and look you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger whom I send, who is blind as he who is perfect and blind as the, uh, as the Lord's servant, seeing many things you do not observe, opening the ears he does not hear. So what is saying that you can see and that you can hear but not hear what's going on or you can see but not really see it. And, you know, notice it said the one who's perfect is the blindest. Don't think you know it all. Isaiah 43, 8, bring out the blind people who have eyes and the deaf who have ears. It's not talking about physically blind or physically deaf here. 
It's talking about spiritually blind. And Jeremiah 5.21 says, Hear this now, O foolish people without understanding, who have eyes and see not, and who have ears and hear not. Ezekiel 12.2, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see but does not see, and ears to hear but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. What does it mean to be a rebellious house? That you walking in known sin and you keep walking in it and you know better. That's a rebellious house. Uh, you know, you know better, but you do it anyway. Mm. Got to forgive you that, but come on, we've got to grow up, right? It's time to grow up in the things of God. And so to, to walk away from known sin in Matthew 13, 14, and, it, and this is what Jesus said about it. In, it and in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled with saying, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you will see, and not perceive. Let me, let me, say, let me, let me back up on this real quick. This is where Jesus took the blind man and spit in his eyes, and he was healed. And the man was, he was born blind. Nobody had ever been healed born blind. Jesus healed this man born blind. He spit in his eyes. And he was healed. And so the man went to, it was on the Sabbath, the man went to church and everybody's shouting, this man was blind, now he sees. And the Pharisees, how did this happen? And he says, I don't know, this man Jesus prayed for me and my eyes are open. And the Pharisees are like, well, he must not be, he must be of the devil. He, he, no, he's doing the work on the Sabbath. They're blind. To the miracle that God did and they're blind to it. And so they're all mad. They go get his parents, and, the, and, and they were afraid of him. Said, this man's of age. Ask him. And he goes, I've already told y'all. Jesus, heal me. He didn't even know what Jesus looked like. Come on. And he's just trying to explain, but they didn't want to hear it. And so Jesus comes up, and he says, seeing uh, you will see and not perceive. In verse 15, for the hearts of the people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their heart and turn so that I should heal them. Notice their eyes they have closed. Oh, Lord, help us. We want to open my eyes. I want open eyes. I want to see what God wants to do. I want to see what God wants to do in my life, in my kids, and my grandkids. I want to see what God wants to do in our church. I want to see what God wants to do. Open our eyes. Guess what? It's not your way. And I'm trying not to follow my way. I want to follow his way. And, and I do things different a lot of times, but I'm trying to be led by God. And people are like, why are y'all doing it that way? Well, you're coming from, you want to do it the Baptist way or the Methodist way or the Assembly of God way or the Church of God way or the this way or that way. That's, I'm going to try to do God's way. And, and yeah, we're in America and we have to do things culturally. Some things. If you go to Jamaica as a missionary, you can't wear shorts and a t-shirt and preach. They will not hear you because Christian people are supposed to wear long sleeves, slacks, and anybody in shorts is a tourist, and they don't like tourists, even though they make their money from tourists. Bunch of rich people coming down here trying to tell us about Jesus. They need to go back home. So you got to put on your long sleeve shirt and your pants to be received. Some of y'all looking at me like, you know, well, church ain't supposed to be this way. Yes, it can be. 
as long as the love of God's being manifest and the Word's being taught. And let me say, let me jump ahead just a little bit. You know what? Culture changes. We need to change how we present the Word, not change the Word. We're not going to change the Word to fit your culture. We change how we present the gospel. We'll show you the love of God, but we're going to preach the same Word that's been preached because it's God's Word. It's not man's word. It's what God said and what God wants. And so uh, as we look at, these, at this, uh, G, remind you, Jesus said, my words are spirit and life, understanding and life. And uh, anybody other than me ever read a chapter in the Bible and didn't understand it? Raise your hand. Look around. The rest of y'all, we gonna, you know, we'll pray for y'all. How about, how about have you ever been in, a, ever, ever, hey, wave at somebody, and they go, And you're like, what's the matter with them? Hey! They didn't even see you. And you're right there. And that's me in Walmart. I'm trying to get in there and out of there. So if you yell at me, I'm, I apologize right now. But you can look at somebody and not see them. You can be in the same room with somebody and not be focused on them at all. You can be there. You can hear things. You can hear a sound but not be paying attention. Yeah, we are that way. But God wants us to, to go after the Word and be excited about it. And, and, and it's like it let, let the Holy Spirit. See, see the Word of God, uh, it's written. It's like it's a book, but yet it's not. Uh, when you read the Scripture, they're logos. But when the Spirit of God starts reading it with you, it becomes living. It becomes rhema. And we need to be chasing the rhema. And start looking at it. And the Holy Spirit will give you scriptures. And the Holy Spirit will show you things. And uh, man, I've seen people when they got saved, they could play a piano. And play Christian music. Uh, anybody ever read a Webster's Dictionary other than me? Noah Webster, when he got saved, he'd been in church. But when he got saved, the word became alive to him. Three quarters of the New Testament, he could quote. Another man uh, wrote the Dakes Bible, like his translations or what, but when he got saved, he could quote three-quarters of the New Testament, and that helped him build that Bible. He could cross-reference, and he would read the Old Testament, and he would go, that's in the New Testament, and he would read the Old Testament, that's in the New Testament, and he would help him, and so God helped him to cross-reference the Bible, but I'm not that way. I have to get it the good old-fashioned way, just dig in and study. And I have to ask God to help me. You know, I'm slow, Lord. Help me. And he will, and he does, and he has. The Word of God becomes alive because you start asking him and you start digging in and you get, man, that is real. God is real. That's a rhema word for me, and it becomes alive. And you need to ask, be asking God to stir you up about his Word. And, don't, and you know what? When you don't understand, just, just start meditating on it. Start thinking about it. Don't quit. I've had, you know how many people I've had that I don't read the Bible, I can't understand it. I can't understand it. You can't understand it. It's so hard to understand. Okay, so let's go to number two. Pride causes spiritual blindness. But I'm not proud, Pastor Brett. Yeah, well, we all are. And uh, this, this is the attitude. And, and so... 
I'm sitting, my grandkids are at the house, my oldest grandson. I said, boy, come over here and let me spank you. I was playing. And so he walks away, and he's walking away, and he turns and goes like, that'll happen. <laughs> but how many times we read the Bible, and we go, like, that'll happen. Like, I don't believe that. Come on, the Bible talks about miracles. The Bible talks about the, the latter days, that it's going to get ugly like it is, but God said, I'm going to do great things. And don't be saying, well, like, that'll happen. Come on, at least be neutral. Don't be dragging your feet when, when God's trained and you're riding a train trying to stop it. My brother hit a golf shot, and he's, he, we're not good at golf, okay? We just play to, you know, go. And he hit one good shot on a par three, and the ball rolled up close to the hole. And, and we was all kind of playing the same ball. He said, come on, boys. He goes, I'll carry you all the rest of the day. Just don't drag your feet. That was the only shot he hit the whole day. But that's the whole point. Don't drag your feet spiritually with God. Because I'm going to tell you, if you don't believe in miracles, one day you're going to need one. And it's, it's, it's like trying to learn how to swim and you don't know anything about it. And I hope God does something. Well, he already has. And he's already given us his word. And when we get full of it, y'all heard Miss Shirley's testimony. Man, she stayed in the word, kept the word, and God just kept working in her life and kept working in her life. Sometimes it happened instantly. Sometimes it happens over time. But we're not going to give up. We're going to believe God. We're going to stand on his word. There's too many times that Jesus did things, and we got to stand, and, and Paul and, and all the apostles, and Philip and his daughters, mess y'all up, ladies. Y'all should have said, amen. God uses women, too. There's been too many times that people have been healed from little girls praying for them. Anyway, let's, let me get off sidetrack. Let's don't get spiritual. Let's don't let pride dive in and, and, and mess with us. Uh, so, so let's look. Uh, in Isaiah 42, 18, it says here you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, wrong, wrong one. John 9, 39 through 41. Let me set this up. Here's another uh, where healing happened. And Jesus said, for judgment I've come into the world, John 9, 39. That those who do not see, that they may see. Now, we talked about that. Pride has its own doing. Pride has, wants to do its own thing. Got to be careful. And I, I am going to, I'm going to dig a little bit on, you know, we're not a denomination, but I have been influenced by denomination. And, and I'm not knocking that because I have got a good foundation on the Word of God. So being a little Baptist boy, sitting and learning all the stories, uh, how, how Moses built the ark and Okay, I'm testing y'all. Y'all not listening. It was Noah built the ark. I mean, amen, Pastor Moses. Yeah. But I got a foundation of the Word of God. But then I found out as I got older that they did everything by faith. It had never rained when Noah built the ark. He had to lay down his pride that says, rain? God said it's going to rain. What is rain? His sons, you know his sons are like, Daddy, what's rain? It never rained. All the people come by. There's not even water around here, and you're building this boat. Rain's coming. Rain's coming. 
Are we ready? And so, so, so as, we, as we look at these things, uh, and, and what I want to look at in, in verse 40, so, let me read that again. I'm going to read John 39, 9, 39. For judgment I've come into this world that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? And Jesus said, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. He's talking to the pride. See, the Pharisees were the Pharisees. They, they had memorized Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the whole book. And they were above everybody, and they looked down on everybody, and we keep the law, and we are the people of the law, and, and they had a lot of pride. And Jesus is dealing with their pride. Come on, don't think you know it all. Don't think you, 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 you may be the smartest person in the room, but you don't know it all. Everything you know, God already knew. Hmm. I don't care if you're a mathematician, scientist, inventor, or what. God's already knew it. God already have it, had it, and he's just trying to put it in you. Everything we get's from God. Are you a steward of it? No, oh, I got that myself. Well, the ability you got to get it came from God. Come on, Michael Jordan's ability to be a basketball player came from God. We don't think about it like that a lot of times. Well, I, I, I just got to get ahead, not the eye. Think about pride. Pride wants its own thing. Let me read you something. It's a metaphor. It's likened unto. It's a simile. Listen to this in Isaiah 4.1. In that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, we will eat our own food and wear our own apparel and let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. That really speak to you? What? Seven women, what? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. In Revelations, it talks about seven women being seven churches. Okay? And they take, they want the name of Jesus, but yet they want to wear their own apparel and they want to eat their own food. Now, now, so if we're looking at the word, well, God, what does that mean? I'm just trying to show you some things that God will reveal. Clothes represent righteousness. Your righteousness is as filthy rags, but his righteousness is a robe of righteousness that you can put on and be right with God. When you believe in Jesus, you get that robe. Isn't that cool? And eat your own food? What no food, food, food. What does food mean? Well, I'm going to show you another scripture and then we'll describe it. In Leviticus 26, 26. When I have cut off your supply of bread, bread's food, right? Uh, ten women, oh, ten women shall bake your bread in one oven and they shall bring uh, your bread by weight, and you shall eat and not be satisfied. So food, bread, word of God's bread. Uh, come on, it's talking about the word of God. It's talking about people picking and choosing what they want to believe. Well, miracles have done away with. God doesn't want everybody saved. Uh, come on now. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, everybody that believed in him. Did you know that a lot of people in Jerusalem didn't even know who Jesus was? 
How will they know unless somebody tells them? Come on, I'm just challenging what you believe because maybe you haven't seen it. They haven't seen it, but, but God's challenging them, them. And so here they, 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 you know, and when I was a kid, we had a Sunday school book, okay? And we went through that lesson, and it may have had two scriptures in it. But, you know, the teacher told the story, and a good teacher would add scriptures to it. My, my uncle is a great Bible teacher, and uh, whatever lesson they gave him, he just built his own and gave scripture after scripture. And, and so, but what I want to challenge you is the way you're thinking. Is it the way the Word of God is the way somebody said? When I got into the Word, I found out my grandma's doctrine just wasn't quite right. The way she believed. You know, I'm like, mm, that's, not, that's not right. And it's okay, but I got to believe what the Word says. And so I'm challenging you today, that if I say something and you're like, I've never, you know, last Sunday I talked about my pastor said the Lord spoke to him, and I'm like, what? But God does speak to us. I want to challenge you to ask God when he's ever spoke to you. See, it's him. It's he who draws us. I got saved at a vacation Bible school, but it was the Holy Spirit drawing me. You need to give your heart to Jesus. You need to give your heart to Jesus. I'm like, I need to give my heart to Jesus. It felt like my ideal, but it wasn't. It was embarrassing to go down there. But it was so real, I had to tell somebody. I had to give my heart to Jesus. And it was him who drew, who, who drew me to himself. He drew me to Jesus who drew me to the Father. Okay? And that's how the Holy Spirit works. And a lot of times you think it's us or it's, it's our ideal. And so uh, I was sitting in a minister's meeting, all preachers. And they're complaining about they don't have kids. And they don't have kids won't come. You know, kids aren't doing it. And, and so I'm sitting there listening to them griping. And I said, uh, hey, guys, let me explain something to you. This is your competition. This iPad, this phone. And I said, that quarterly and that Sunday school book ain't enough. They sold up and put their head down, wouldn't even look at me. Because they didn't want to change. Man, we're doing everything we can to put the Word of God in our kids back there. They watch videos. They, they listen lessons. They do crafts, but it's all pointing to Jesus. Maybe we need to do some crafts in here to help some of us, maybe, huh? I, that's why I do object lessons all the time. I'm always coming. I got a pair of gloves over there, and somebody said, what are you going to do with those today? Y'all miss that sermon anyway. But, again, culture changes, but we have to do whatever it does to draw children so they can receive Jesus. And they can, get, they, can, they can move forward in life and teach them the Word of God. Because guess what? They're just like you. They can understand the Word of God. When it's presented, real quick, uh, our children's pastor back in Louisiana, she was phenomenal. And, and they were doing a VBS, and, and I said, I'll help anywhere you want me to help. What do you want me to do? She goes, I want you to take the four-year-olds. I'm like, four-year-olds? But I'm game, though, man. Give me the four-year-olds. I mean, you put me in a room with kids, and we'll talk about heaven and have a good time. But they come down, and she goes, and she had different groups and age groups. She goes, all right, I want you all to pray to, and, and talk to them about receiving Jesus. I'm like, four-year-olds, oh, Lord, help me. And so when I said, oh, Lord, help me, here she comes. She bounces down. And she, she had a plan for the four-year-olds. And listen to this. 
And she said, has anybody ever got their hands dirty in the mud and had to wash their hands and every one of them's eyes lit up? Yeah, me, me. And she goes, that's what sin does to you. It makes you dirty. And Jesus has come to make you clean. I'm like, I'm getting out of here. This is awesome. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this lesson. And Lord, wash me clean. And so she presented the gospel to four-year-olds where they could understand it. That's what's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's our helper. And you don't think, I can't handle that. I can't do this. Yes, you can. And when he tells you to go witness, the Bible says, don't worry about what to say. Step up. And he'll give you the words to say. He'll show you things to come. And he'll show you how to speak to people. I can give you, you know, stories over and over. Uh, but let's, let's go um, to, to number three. Sometimes we need to change our presentation. So, Number three, Jesus opens blind eyes. You see it all in Scripture. He healed people who were blind. But he opens blind eyes spiritually, and he opens blind eyes physically. I know people, uh, uh, I've heard of people that had blind eyes. There was a friend of mine who went to Brazil, and this lady had, a, she had a, her eye was missing. And, I mean, it looked like, you ever seen a crack on the windshield where it just goes, you know, all the, her, her scar over her eye went every which direction. And I don't know how, what happened, but her eye was in there. It was gone. And they prayed for her and her eye. You could see her eye. She could see out of that eye. God healed her eye. She still had scars, but she could see out of that eye. That's crazy. That's God. And so, and so but, but some of us, we, we get blinded spiritually. We need to ask God, oh my, what does that mean? Help me to understand that. And God will work with you. And God will help you. And God will show you things that are in the Word that maybe you haven't seen before or maybe you went like, that'll never happen. We, we got to be ready. We got to be open. Jesus, ask Jesus to open our eyes and spiritually and physically. So here's an example. And maybe you've not seen this before. And then in Mark 8, 22, then he came to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to him and the blind man begged for Jesus to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And I'm going to stop right there because I told the story too. And in, in, in other words, Jesus spit and he put mud on the guy's eyes. That's something we need to seek out. What in the world does spit mean? You ever thought about that? So if I spit in your eyes, I hope, you know, with you... No. But Jesus spit in this man's eyes. I had a friend of mine had an ingrown toenail, and he said, Pastor, it's hurting so bad. I need you to pray for me. And the pastor said, Father, in the name of Jesus, and stepped on his toe. He said, oh. But then he went, it's better. I don't get that, but you know what? That's well, you got to be learned to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's crazy. But here Jesus was led to spit on this guy's eyes. I, I at least ask permission for you spit on somebody, okay? But this is what happened. And he led him out. He spit in his eyes, and he said, and he looked up in verse 24. He said, I see men like trees walking. What in the world does that mean? Now we'll talk about it. And then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up and he restored and he was restored and he saw everything 
clearly. So, 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 and you know what? Some people go, well, even Jesus didn't get it right the first time. No, Jesus gets it right every time. And, and so, you know, when you come to something that you don't understand, you got to ask God, and because Jesus is always right and God's always right, it's us that got it. We've got to get the understanding of what's going on, right? So, so and, and I'm going to give you an interpretation of this right here that God opens eyes spiritually and God opens eyes physically. We've had people here healed, their eyes healed here. We got a doctor that does eye business, and that, that, I believe in doctors, y'all. And nothing wrong going to the I go to the doctor. But the doctor tells me something wrong, then I know how to pray. I'm going to pray, and I will take medicine if I have to, but I'm trying to stay off medicine. But I will try, I'll take medicine, but medicine generally covers the symptoms until you can get your faith up. So, you know what? We want to believe God. We want to do what the Word says. But Luke wrote Matthew, Mark, Luke was a physician. God talks about Jesus in the Old Testament being the bomb of Gilead. That's, that's a poultice. That's a, a medicine. We're not against doctors or anything like that, but we want to mix our faith with, the, with what's going on in life. Everything that goes on, God wants to be involved in your life. He'll help you find the best doctor. Ask. So he said, I see men's like trees. So if you do a study of trees in the Bible, trees represent people. Did you know that? Did you know that God thinks you're a tree? Oh, don't insult me, Pastor. I'm not insulting you. Let me give you some examples. One of my favorite one is Psalms 1, 1. 1, 2, and 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord or the word of God, and, and in his word or law he meditates day and night, and he planted by the rivers of water and brings forth fruit in his season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. You want to prosper in whatever you do? Start living the Word of God. Start living the Word of God, and it prospers what you do. And if it, what you do is not prospering, then God will say, well, go over here and do this. This will prosper. This will fit you. We have a tendency, I want to do what she's doing. She's prospering. I want to be like her. No, I got to be like Jesus. And God will prosper what I do because I'm being like him. All right, all right, all right. Let me get on you just for a second. Let me push you just for a second. Anybody other than me say, everybody ever said, you know, if I had more money, I could be a little happier. Ah, boy, if I, had a, if, I had a, if I had a better car, I'd be a little happier. Y'all, it's not about what you have. It's who you have in you. Come on, it's about Jesus. If your relationship gets closer to him, you start changing, and then you find out that the only, you, I only make $100 a week, but that $100 a week goes a whole lot further because of your relationship with him. And the things you have last longer. And, and you know, you ain't got to buy a pair of tennis shoes every three months. And then you realize, you know what, I don't need a new pair anyway. These are just fine. I'm just trying to keep up with her and her fancy tennis shoes, y'all, she got psychedelic tennis shoes on up here. But see, we, we, we're moved by Jesus. We're not moved by culture. We're not moved by what's the fad. Huh? 
And so when Jesus is first, we're content. And then, then God says, well, you know what? Because you're content in me. See, we need to be like Solomon who asked God not for wealth, riches, and long life, but to have a relationship of wisdom so he could lead the people. And God said, because you asked for wisdom, and when we're asking God for wisdom, reveal us through his word. Open our eyes that we can have understanding, that we can have wisdom. He goes, because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you a long life. I'm going to prosper you. Huh? It's relationship with God that causes us to prosper. Okay. I'm sorry. I'll get back into the sermon. But you're like a tree. In Psalms 52, 8. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. Do you trust in him? Psalms 92, 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree and shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Come on, you're already righteous because of the blood of Jesus. So it's time to start flourishing then, isn't it? Okay, Father, I thank you. Your word says that I'm righteous, and your word says I'm going to flourish. Anybody want to flourish? Everybody ought to want to flourish. My kids flourish today because of me and what I prayed over them as a child. Favor. Blessing. Because I'm righteous in him, and I can expect God to help my children. I can expect God to help me. But I got to be listening. All right, real quick. Everybody in here that I see and you see, they have a body. Because you can see it. Duh. But did you know that you have two other parts? That you have a soul and you have a spirit. Jesus' body was nailed to the cross, and, 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 and in the Old Testament, I think Psalm 22 said, his soul will not stay in hell, Hades forever, or his spirit. I mean, I'm sorry, his soul. And then on the cross, Jesus said, as he died, Father, to you I commit my spirit, body, soul, spirit. In, in the beginning, you were made, God, Adam, made Adam and Eve, and he made, formed his body out of the dust of the ground. Dust you were made, dust you will return. But he breathed into him. That's the, the spirit of God, the wind of God, breathed in and put a spirit in Adam, and you have a spirit. And then he said, and he became a living soul. So body, spirit, soul. When they ate of the tree, they died spiritually. Okay? They died spiritually. And the word of God wakes you up spiritually. Where you're blind, where you don't understand, where you don't that, you need to be awake spiritually, awakened spiritually to understand the Word of God. And, and that's why you don't get your uh, Bible interpretation from the History Channel because they don't understand the Word of God. They try to explain away the Word of God, and they'll make it as no effect. Quit reading the Bible. The Bible's the best-selling book for hundreds of years now, and we need to read the Bible. It is full of wisdom and it's full of life. And so you have, so, so, so here's the thing. What happens, our body is in contact with the earth that God made. Our solical man is also in contact with our spirit, but also in contact with the earth. There are the battles in the solical man. Your mind, will, and emotions. If you're led by your will, your will can lead you astray. You ever notice somebody drunk doing something they'd never do if they were sober? It's because their will is broke down. 
met a parade with my kids and the mayor of the town and the police chief are drunk. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? And they're doing things that they wouldn't do. So see, that's, you got to be careful not to break your will down. But you have a spirit man, and I'm asking God to awaken your spirit man today, to let the Word of God learn to become alive in you and quicken you in your spirit, and, and to feed upon the Word of God. Because uh, uh, how many of y'all going to skip lunch today? Anybody? And nobody raising a hand. But you know what? We skip lunch every day with our spirit. We have got to feed on the Word of God. And I'm not saying read 14 chapters at lunch. I'm saying get one scripture. What does that mean? And then start meditating on it and start putting it in your heart. Somebody asked me, how come you can quote all these scriptures? Because I put them in my heart. I, 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 I want them in my heart. I want to, the Bible says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. The more the word I know, the more I find out, ooh, that's wrong. I always make fun, you know, when I was a, a 10, 12-year-old or 10-year-old, and my, my grandpa would say something, and I'm like, okay, you know, I don't know what that means. And I find out what it means. I'm like, you can't say that. Once you get understanding of the Word of God, you find out, well, I can't do that. I got to keep myself. I want to keep myself from that because guess what? It, it'll get on you. Your hands will get dirty spiritually. And we need to be clean. Even though that we're, we are in right relationship with God, God wants us to be clean. He wants us to renew our right renew our heart in him and to stay clean with him amen and so as we look at this that you're a tree and god's he's he's opened his eyes god wants spiritual men and women yeah he made you and your emotions and i love your emotions uh and, and emotions are great and and you know i heard somebody say it i say it all the time if you go to a restaurant today if you didn't have emotions you wouldn't know you could, wouldn't know how to order off the menu you scoured, oh, ooh, that looks good. Ooh, that looks good too. Okay, now I got four things to choose from. And that's your emotions. If you didn't have emotions, you just bring me some oatmeal, no sugar. Just let me eat this gruel here and something to survive on. Emotions, God has emotions. But God is not moved by emotions. That's where we have to control our emotions with the Word of God and find out no. I am not going to get mad and slap somebody. I know I feel like it. That's in my solical man. I know I feel like it, I, I, but I'm going to will not to obey my flesh. So, so I'm just trying to help you. That's why we need to have understanding of the Word of God so it becomes alive to us, and then we're, we're living on a different level. And, and, and that's your shield of faith that the fiery darts of the wicked can't get to me anymore. Anybody ever got on your last nerve? That's a fiery dart of the wicked. Anybody ever try to get on your last nerve? That's a fiery dart. And, and, and so, you know, if it makes them mad, it's what that dart's bouncing off and coming back to them. Let me say this before we close this. If you're ever talking the Bible with somebody and they're trying to talk you into something and you don't agree with it and they get mad, they don't believe it either. They're just trying to get you in agreement with them. Listen, we don't have to get mad to believe the Word of God. We believe the Word of God because we know it's so and we trust God. And we want to hear. 
You know, don't, 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 don't get mad because you can't. It's not about you trying to prove the word anyway. It's the Holy Spirit's job to prove the word to that person. It's the Holy Spirit's job to draw that person to the kingdom of God. All we're doing is watering and planting. Don't have to get mad about anything. Remember the story I told about the guy who said, I don't believe. He got mad. Come on. That's religion. Religion gets mad. They got mad at Jesus. So, in Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its root by the river and will not fear when the heat comes. How you know the heat's turning up today? We need to get into the Word. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Pastor, what if this happens? What if that's happened? We're going to live on the, we're going to stand on the Word of God. We're going to stand on the Word of God. We're, yeah, uh, the, uh, recession's coming. Recession's coming. Paul Revere, you know, on TV. Bad things are going to happen. Jesus is still Lord. Isaiah 55, we don't have it in your notes, but it's Isaiah 55, 12. It says the trees of the field will clap their hands. Trees don't have hands to clap, but people do. Matthew 7, 17, Jesus said, every, even so, every good tree bears good fruit and every bad tree bears bad fruit. He's talking about people, not trees. He's talking about people. So, so we're the trees. We're the, we're the people of God. And God wants to open our eyes and God wants to show us things from the Word of God that our lives will be better. And you say, well, no, man, I got trouble with my kids. Well, the Word of God will help you with your children. The Word of God will help you with your spouse. And you know when it comes time for your spouse, you know what God's going to do with your spouse? It's going to change you. And I was talking to somebody, you believe in God for the right woman. I said, you need to be the right man. We change. That's all about the kingdom of God wants to change. God wants to change us and make it like him and make it better. His ways are better. So I got some challenges I want to read out real quick. Do not quit reading the Bible because you don't understand it. Ask the author of the book to help you to understand it. That's the Holy Spirit. James said, if you lack knowledge, ask. And, and God gives knowledge to anybody who asks. If you don't understand, you won't change. But stick with it till you understand and let it start changing your life. And it is God's desire. I started off with this, that God wants you to have knowledge and understanding. He wants you to have it. That's why he sent Jesus. So spiritual men and women... They're growing in God daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. We don't quit growing. There's always another level. There's always another step. They always use these steps. That's a natural step right there. Seven inches high. It's 11 and a half inches deep. And man, that's a great step. This is not a normal step. I have taken that step right there, but I can't do that no more. You want to take normal steps in God. And sometimes they're quick steps. Sometimes you may be right here waiting on God to get you the next step, but you keep seeking God. 
You pray and say, Lord, show me the next step. Show me what you want me to, to do in the Word. Reveal yourself to me in the Word. Direct my steps. The Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. At night, you use a flashlight. If you feel like you're in the darkness today, get the Word of God out. It's a lamp unto your feet, and God will take you to the light. This is all scriptures, and I'm trying to stir you. And Next Sunday, we're going to talk about spiritual sight. You don't need to miss this because it's going to teach you how to pray. I, I'll give you, I'll give you uh, read Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. Man, that's something you ought to read every day. But we're going to break it down, and we're going to ask God for spiritual sight, and we're going to do that right now, too. I'm going to ask you to do something different. Will you stand to your feet? We'll, we'll do a prayer of salvation in just a second, but I want us all to pray this together. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to focus on the Lord, and I want you to say this with me. Say, Lord, I repent of pride. Forgive me. I come as your child. And I need your help. Let me hear and see your word with spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. Thank you for helping me to understand your word that I may grow in you. In Jesus' name. Now, just, just remain right where you're at. I want to ask you today, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that's the beginning to your eyes being opened. You need Jesus to make it through this life. You need Jesus to make it to heaven. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There is no life without him. Oh, you may be breathing, but you're not alive spiritually. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus and you want to pray for the first time to accept him, will you lift your hand let me pray with you? Anybody? Maybe you're here today and you're like, Lord, I haven't been reading the word. I've just... I feel backslidden. I feel like I'm the prodigal son. If that's you, just lift your hand. Let me pray over you today. I see your hand. Anybody else? I see your hand, your hand. Anybody else? Hey, let's all pray with, every, with them today. Say this with me. Say, Father, I come to get right, to be right with you. You know my heart, Lord. Today, I give it all to you. Renew me. Thank you for, for accepting me as who I am. Change me in Jesus' name. Amen.